This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I would like to continue with jazz rock, specifically focusing on the rock bands and rock musicians whose music was very strongly influenced by jazz. I'd like to start with a 1968 recording called Super Session, organized by Al Cooper. Remember, Al was also involved with the Blues Project. Uh, Later on, he was involved with Blood, Sweat, and Tears and collaborated with guitarist Mike Bloomfield a number of times. And I believe he might have also been involved with a group called Electric Flag from the late 1960s. But this record, Super Session, is a very interesting record. Great blend of rock, blues, and very strong jazz influence. Side A features the guitarist Mike Bloomfield. Side B features the guitarist Stephen Stills, later who would go on to fame with uh, Crosby Stills. Nash and Young in the early 1970s. There's two tracks on this record that are very, very strongly influenced by jazz. One is called His Holy Modal Majesty, which is a more or less a tribute to uh, John Coltrane. It features uh, Al Cooper playing some kind of keyboard instrument. I believe it's called an ondiolin. has kind of an unusual sound. And then he, I believe he plays keyboard on it later. And then a very, very long extended solo by guitarist Mike Bloomfield. So let's check out His Holy Modal Majesty. Very interesting track. Modal jazz, strong jazz influence. a long track with a couple of different sections. So that's Al Cooper playing this instrument called an ondiolin. Later on in the track, the rhythm section feel is going to change. Now let's check out Mike Bloomfield's solo. record, Al Cooper used all well-seasoned studio musicians, including a great bass player by the name of Harvey Brooks. They also added horn section parts to kind of fatten up the sound and also make it sound more jazz-oriented. One of my favorite tracks from Side B, which features a guitarist, Stephen Stills, is an old Donovan Leach song called Season of the Witch. Let's listen to the introduction, which is really cool. Stephen Stills doesn't play a long extended guitar solo, but about halfway through the track, Al Cooper plays a really cool organ solo where he also sings along with the notes, very much like you would hear maybe a George Benson do a few years later. And and of course, uh, bass players Major Holly and Slam Stewart have been doing that as far back as the 1930s and 40s. Season of the Witch from Super Session. (laughs) 
Now let's check out Al Cooper playing the organ. Another artist from the 1960s who was blending rock, folk, Celtic music and jazz was the Irish performer and singer and composer Van Morrison. In 1968, he had a wonderful record called Astral Weeks, which had one or two pieces that had strong jazz influence. But his 1970 record, Moondance, the title track is very strongly jazz influenced. So let's check this out. Probably one of the most famous jazz rock pieces that come out of the late 60s. It's really, even though it came out in 1970, it's more a product of the 1960s. Well, I wanna make love to you tonight I can't wait till the morning has come And I know now the time is just right And straight into my arms you will run And when you come my heart will be waiting To make sure that you never run There and then all my dreams will come true, dear There and then I will make you my own And every time you just travel inside Then I know how much you want me That you can't hide Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love Can I just make some more romance with you, my love one of the cool things about this record is that he uses two woodwind players. He has a flute player and an alto player by the name of Jack Schroer, who plays a great saxophone solo on this piece. So let's skip ahead and let's check out the alto saxophone solo. recordings come from one of my favorite bands of all time, the Allman Brothers. And they're always associated with Southern rock and especially the musicians that came out of the Macon area in the mid-1960s. But they were so much more than that. In interviews, Dwayne Allman said that he used to listen to Miles Davis's Kind of Blue almost daily. The group featured long improvisations. They had two great guitar players. Dickie Betts was the other guitar player and they were both strong soloists. They could play in unison. They could play 
and harmony. The two guitars really complement each other. This was not just a southern rock band. These guys were fantastic musicians, that, and they wrote great songs. It was very difficult to pick a track that really shows their jazz influence, but um, I, I picked In Memory of Elizabeth Reed, and this is from the, um, the Fillmore recordings, which was done in 1971. But again, this is more a product of the 60s, and I'm sure that they had been playing like this for quite some time. Let's check out In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. Fantastic piece. This is from the, the Fillmore Sessions from 1971, and I believe that this is a compilation recording. In other words, uh, the, the engineers, I think they actually cut and pasted two different recordings and pasted them together so that because they picked the best solos. The first soloist we're going to listen to is uh, Dickie Betts, who wrote the song. Later on in the track, it's going to go into like this quasi-Afro-Cuban beat. Again, great recording. Let's check out Dickie Betts, the solo from Memory of the Betts plays a really melodic solo. Greg Allman plays a solo at about 4 minutes and 45 seconds into the track. Again, great rhythmic support from the two drummers in uh, Barry Oakley's bass playing. You know, he plays in the high register of the bass, almost like a, like a bass lead instrument. Let's check out the organ solo. Check out the way the two guitar players are comping, um, in other words, playing supportive rhythmic figures behind the organist, and they don't get in each other's way, and they create this wonderful texture and percussive rhythm. On Greg Allman's organ solo, I hear some Jimmy Smith in there. Strong jazz influence. The last soloist on the record is Dwayne Allman. This is typical of, of their long jams that you, you might hear on maybe like Hotlanta or Whipping Post or Mountain Jam. They start with a guitar solo, one of the guitars plays, then there's an organ solo, then another guitar solo, and then maybe the drums, uh, they'll do a duo, or maybe one, one drum will play a solo. It's kind of typical format. But let's check out Dwayne's guitar solo. In, in his playing, he was strongly influenced by um, modal jazz and also you hear a lot of pronounced use of pentatonic scales in his improvisation again that's another thing you hear a lot of in modal improvisation 
I'd like to close the show today with one of the most eclectic and difficult to categorize rock musicians to come out of the 60s. And his name is Frank Zappa. In 1969, he recorded one of his most interesting and forward-thinking and jazz-oriented records called Hot Rats. came out in 1969, featured some great studio musicians, also a wonderful keyboard player, saxophone player, and flute player by the name of Ian Underwood, who is prominently featured. We're going to start with Son of Mr. Green Jeans, which is a really interesting piece. He wrote these wonderful horn lines, a very strongly orchestrated, plays a fantastic guitar solo on the piece. Again, his music is sometimes broken up into many different sections. There's jazz influence, sometimes almost an orchestral influence in his music. Let's check out Son of Mr. Green Jeans from Hot Rats, 1969, Frank Zappa. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazzinsights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta.